The Eminem song, Lose Yourself, that starts out. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's also reference to mom's spaghetti, and then there's all kinds of chaos and memes that have come out of that. There's an entire remixed version of the song where he just says mom's spaghetti for a lot of it. It's surprisingly very well done. Fantastic. But that doesn't fit with the analogy here. I just want to go back to the beginning lines here. Palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. He's talking about going into a freestyle rap battle, but I think that could be just as applicable to trying to pick out the perfect engagement ring. It's a big moment. Just like the song says, you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted. It's not like, oh, I screwed up this engagement ring buying. I'm going to go buy another one next week. I'm going to just piece of cake. It's like I went to the grocery store. They didn't have the bread that I liked. So I tried this other bread. It wasn't good. I'll try it again next week. No, no, no. This is a significant purchase for a significant moment in people's lives. And if you don't know what you're doing, it can feel like the moment is just going to swallow you whole. And that's not something anyone wants because this should be a joyous occasion. This should not be something that causes you all kinds of fright disdain and overall sadness which is why it's so nice when you have someone on your side that's there to help you that can walk you through the engagement ring buying process answer all of those questions where you're like i kind of feel like this might be a silly question but i don't know the answer to it we'll guide you every step of the way helpful to have someone like that on your side which is why the sister duo of pile and Kajal Vita started sonu company they were getting questions from their friends. They had the knowledge of diamonds far more than I have. And this episode is very educational on all of that. And they said, you know what? Why don't we turn that into a business? And Sonu Company was born. We've got all kinds of fascinating things going on in this episode. First of all, they're going to be on the Netflix show Indian Matchmaking Season 3, which comes out very shortly after listening to this episode. It's April 21st, or if you delayed in listening to this episode, then guess what? You're already able to go watch it. If not, save it for Netflix because it's fantastic and they're featured on it. That's all kinds of cool. So we're talking about that experience. We're also talking about making the full-time leap from a tech job, a safe little nine-to-five job into running their own business. What it's like working among sisters. I can say tepid regards to a coworker. If I said that to my sister, she'd be like, you better be telling a joke or else I'm going to kick you to the moon. No, no, no. She would never do that. Her foot dexterity is not that strong. So there's lots of good stuff in here. But before we get into the episode, one bit of housekeeping. This is the last episode of this season of Good People, Cool Things. We're taking a little break, but we'll be back in early June. Besides, if you haven't caught up on all the episodes, now's a wonderful time because you won't have to be keeping up every week. We'll see you back in June. There's still lots, lots more good stuff to come from the good people doing cool things. That's why the show is called that. It's not rocket science. It's just all kinds of wonderful. I'm Joey Held. This is Good People, Cool Things. And here's my conversation with Pyle and Kajal Vita of Sonu Company. To start, can you give us each of your names and your elevator pitch, but also the type of elevator that we're riding on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my name is Pyle Vita. Uh, 
I'm Kajal Vita. Um, we're the co-founders of Sonu Company. Uh, so Sonuco is really a bespoke jewelry brand for every chapter of life. Um, you know, we really specialize in engagement rings and wedding bands um, and have slowly expanded our product offering to offer fashion jewelry as well as like custom fine jewelry. I definitely want to jump into the whole business side of things, but I think I'd be remiss. We were just talking about this. You're going to be on Netflix. Yeah. Tell us all about this. Tell us all about this. Yeah. So Netflix was an opportunity that kind of just landed in our hands. Um, it came for actually, we are third generation jewelers. Uh, so the Netflix opportunity um, actually came for our father's business, which is Vita Jewelers out in Artesia, California. Um, but knowing our niche and knowing what Sony Company provides, so we felt that Sony Company was a better fit. And so we made our deck and we sent it out to them and we are showcasing Sony Company on season three of Indian Matchmaking. What is that? It was the filming process for that like? Because I, this was more than a decade ago, I was on <laughs> a, an internet reality show and I think it's like, Obviously, you know, there's TV magic that goes into something. They're shooting a right. lot more than you're you're going to end up seeing. And I would I would assume Netflix probably has a lot more content than this this show did from 10 years ago, but what like was it like a grueling, you know, multi-day filming process? What was that like? No, it was uh it was one day. Oh, even better. It was <laughs> actually it was two days. Um they there was one pro, one day where we actually got to meet and design and kind of really show like what Sonico does. Um, a big part of like what we offer is the one-on-one um, guided experience. So kind of helping with education and transparency on diamond education, like what affects cost. Um, so really, our bread and butter. We got to showcase exactly like what we do with our clients every day. Um, and then the second second time around is when they came and actually picked up uh, that final ring from us, um, getting ready to kind of pop the question. You said you're third generation. So was this like, as children, you got your introduction to, to diamonds? Like, do you remember your first experience with that? Uh, yeah. Uh, after school, every day, we would come to my dad's showroom, which was around this corner from school. Uh, running around little kids in the showroom while customers are shopping. We were doing all the little nitty gritty, like laborious work that he could make us do. But um, with diamonds and really getting our hands dirty, it has, it wasn't until like, I would say like, like five years ago that we were kind of like, okay, this is, this is where we want to expand our knowledge and we want to really help other people. Um, And diamonds are nice and shiny you couldn't go wrong with that and so uh our dad specialized in gold and we were like we can specialize in diamonds and it just came one full circle and you did it with no outside investment which i think is i'd say of the entrepreneurs that have been on this show before it's it's pretty rare i think there's usually at least like a little bit of you know whether it's a single investor that you know they've had capital they're able to use so we we love a good bootstrapping story. So how did you get this business off the ground? As you know, as more of our friends started to come to us and ask us for some advice as they went engagement ring shopping, and our and they'd ask our dad for some help. Uh, we realized that like we really enjoyed 
being a part of people's stories and kind of helping him through that. So when we had the initial idea for Sonu Company, we both sat down. We have like a 30-page business plan. Like we really like got into the specifics of like what our vision was. And we wanted to be able to do that the way we wanted to do that. Um, you know, we, of course, we have our dad as like our biggest advisor. He's kind of the person that's taught us through and through, but our visions are different and we wanted to be able to execute that and do it ourselves. Um, but you know, we might not have taken any monetary help, but we've gotten a lot of help in how to run a business in how to create something fully custom and knowing what are, what's possible and what's not. So we have gotten a lot of knowledge help uh whether even if it's not just like monetary investment which i think is i i hope something that everyone realizes as they're getting started that it's like there's so much out there and trying to to navigate it entirely alone usually doesn't end up well i mean i'm sure there's there's a couple of success stories out there of someone who's like no i hate all help i don't want any of that and they still do all right (laughs) is there something that has surprised you about running your own business uh yeah so when we started Sona company we were like very excited to start designing rings and started designing jewelry for other people but we kind of realized it was just so much more than that we have the operations we have like cost analysis we have accounting um uh, digital marketing marketing all these yeah. <laughs> that you have to wear um turns out making the actual jewelry part is the easiest part for us it's like the Everything. smallest part of the, <laughs> the grand scheme of things really the hard part um but it's honestly great just like going through the journey and learning all these different things and just knowing all the little aspects it's it's great for us to learn first and then kind of hand it off to somebody else so it's been a journey but one of the best and we've learned so much from it yeah that's wonderful i like how you both chimed in on the marketing which seems like perhaps that was <laughs> that was kind of a, a maybe one of the the larger learning processes along the way is that accurate for sure marketing marketing is like this huge bubble of things and like you know that's digital marketing that's influencer marketing that's paid advertising seo that's you know creating the brand story and being you know there are so many different parts of marketing um and like before we, you know, before we started Sonico, I, you know, I was, I was in, I was working in tech. I was more on the sales and operation side. So, and got a little, kind of the same. We were both kind of in the world of like sales and operations. And so now having to pivot and be marketers uh, <laughs> definitely took a lot of, a lot of YouTube, a lot of self-learning, um, a lot of trial and error. Um, and I have to hand it to to Goddle. She does a lot, a lot more of our marketing and our social presence. Uh, and, you know, she she's figured that all out on her own. She's like self-learned most of that. So it is a learning curve, but it does. When, when we get there, it's like such a sweet moment when someone's like, oh, I love I love this. And it's like, oh, God, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so you've gotten the shout out. What's something that you've learned then? Honestly, going through my journey as like marketing for Sonu. I realized that like you kind of just have to give it time. Uh, nothing, oh, nothing works over time. Uh, my my significant other, my boyfriend, is also in the marketing department, and he was kind of like, 
try something and let it run. You know, don't don't be impatient with it. Uh, marketing is literally a one in a million chance. So even if it doesn't work one day, next week it could work. So it's really about just being patient with what you're. If you make a strategy and you're patient with it and you believe in it, then it'll work out. But you know, if you do your homework and you do your research, just be patient. I like that. As someone who is, yeah. I would say, often impatient, it's a good, it's a good reminder. <laughs> <laughs> Have you found, because engagement rings are very much a, a visual medium, I think, you know, people get engaged, everyone wants to see the ring. They're always like, yeah. no one's ever like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't care. Like, they're, they're like, you got, <laughs> you got to show it. Like, the person wants to show it off, too. And yeah. I think for marketing purposes, like, obviously, social media is is a nice avenue for that. But have you found whether it's a specific platform, or maybe even just a specific strategy in general that has worked maybe even better than you thought? I definitely think people like more relatable and more transparent content than just kind of showing off the sparkly diamond. Um, you know, it's one of the biggest purchases people make in life. And when we see the shiny object, we kind of get blindsided. And it's kind of like, how can I give what the client wants and make it fit in her budget? So it's a, it's a happy medium. Do you find that that's often difficult to do? Like, do, do expectations versus reality line up a lot of the time? Or is it kind of like some, some uh, guidance needed there too? I want to say most of the time, uh, they they're pretty okay. Um, I think uh, you know Goddle and I are very hands on, um, especially when it comes to engagement rings. So you know if someone comes to us and like you know we will find out the things that are most important to them um, in their ring buying, whether that's carrot um, and you know carrot refers to weight rather than size. So you know when people think carrot, they're oft- often thinking about how big the diamond is. Um, you know so if that's something important, there are other places in the four C's of the diamond that we can compromise a little bit. Um, so we can still make sure like, Hey, if you, if your goal is a big rock, we'll make sure you get a big rock and we'll tell you like where we can save a little bit to make sure that we can get your end goal. So I think that's really, that's really something important is that like you can still get a beautiful diamond ring, no matter what your budget is. Um, you don't have to be spending like 20 K to, to get a beautiful diamond engagement ring. Um, and that's, you know, that's something that's really important to us. Yeah, I think that's that's a good uh, a good way to approach it too because some like if if I mean with the carrot, I like I think that's usually what I hear people saying too. Like I only recently learned that it's like, oh, that is that is weight. That's not it's not like yeah. circumference. And many people, <laughs> you know, many people just refer to carrot only and they don't think about all of the other aspects that can really affect a diamond. Um, and that's why we're here. We really want to ensure that we're giving the best quality and that each stone is like hand selected by us that like you're, you are not, you know, in the wind and we're not leaving you out in the open. We're here to hold your hand and make sure you pick the best one. I like it. I blame Bruno Mars for some of the misinformation out there. With 24 <laughs> magic. It's, his, it's his fault. Yeah. <laughs> now, of course, buying a diamond ring is one step, but then you have to maintain it over the years. So is there something? Can you give us a little a little peek behind the curtain? Something in terms of either maintaining or like caring for that ring that maybe people don't really know. I would honestly say just simple warm water and a little bit of dish soap. 
it's so simple, but it it, it works. Um, it really on our everyday basis, we have our sweat, we have our lotion. Um, you know, if we're wearing it in the shower or whatever you may be doing, just over time it will accumulate. But a little bit of warm water and dish soap, it'll go a long way. Your diamond will be sparkly. Clean it every couple months, and you'll never have to go to a jeweler to get it cleaned. Yeah. Also, I think it's a, mo- a misconception. Like people feel like they need to wear their engagement ring literally at all times of their of their day. Like. Like, at the end of the day, your engagement ring is still jewelry. Like, if you're working out or lifting weights, using cleaning supplies, um, like, all those sleeping, all of those things, like, we recommend taking your ring off for. Um, You know, you don't want to ding it if you're sleeping and you hit something or the chemicals in the cleaning products. Um, We suggest take it off. Um, But, yeah, warm water and a little bit of soap will definitely bring that shine back, like Godwell said. It is amazing how many things water and soap can can solve. <laughs> a lot of people come in and they're just like, oh my God, my diamond is turning different colors. And I'm like, no, it's just like a little bit of soap and you know. <laughs> just a little dirty. Like, <laughs> I always like to ask uh, musicians about their worst gigs. There's maybe not a, a 100% parallel to this, but have you heard any horror stories from folks that you've sold engagement rings to where it's like oh they you know threw it in the trash or whatever oh uh, not on that <laughs> yeah not on that <laughs> side good, of it i i think like our big challenges i want to say is like when people bring in um unrealistic like design expectations um i think you know that's one where we have to kind of guide a little bit more like okay, we can do X, Y, and Z, but like maybe not like ABC, you know, like it's still jewelry. We want to make sure that it's your vision, but sometimes I, sometimes I think people forget it's jewelry. <laughs> like they're, they're imagining it more on like a mantle as opposed to, I have to yeah, wear this all so the time. Something, <laughs> something as simple as like, you know, I, I don't like the prongs holding the diamond. We're like, well, then nothing else will be holding the diamond. <laughs> we need something to hold the diamond. <laughs> so something so simple, but um, that's why we're here. We're really here to like just guide people along the way. Also, we we provide everybody with like a 3D model of their, it's like a CAD image of their ring. Uh, so if you are going that custom route, we are showing you exactly what your ring is going to look like before we even put it into production. So I think that does take a lot of the guesswork out. Like you're going to see like, four to five different angles of it we can make edits directly on there um so you really are aware of like what this ring is going to look like before we even make it for you awesome yeah i think that especially for this kind of exp- you know expense like it's not it's not like going to the store for a box of cereal or something like there's no <laughs> expense to it i think making that user experience as seamless as possible was that was that always like has that how it's always been i assume you've iterated over time on on that user experience but has that always kind of been something that's that's been part of of the brand is like hey we get that this is a huge deal and we want to be here for you yeah so when when we started so new we knew that that hand holding and transparency wasn't involved in the process so we did our own research we went to other retailers and we just realized that people were not given the full information and so we were like we want to make sure that Sonu is there to make sure people are aware of everything from what they're buying to what they're getting from the diamond so that was something that we never wanted to budge on when we started Sonu. 
I like that. Now, you also have mentioned that you previously were in tech jobs prior to going full-time on this. And this this podcast is an equal enthusiast, uh, equal opportunity in terms of your amount of hustle. It can be a side <laughs> hustle. It can be a full-time hustle, whatever the case was. But I think that's probably one of the more terrifying things that people do in their lives is quitting this supposedly stable job, going into the deep unknown. So what was that like for you? How did you how did you convince yourself to do it? It took a really, really long time. Uh, I, you know, I, I was working in cannabis tech. So I was in like a new and budding industry and things were things were going fast and it was and it was great. Um, but I also knew that my focus and what I wanted to do long term was to build Sonu and to build our family business that's been around for, you know, for a couple of generations now, like that was always, always, always at the top of my mind. And so as we got closer, um, and as like, as Godel and I started to like really see more and more couples come to us or even come back to us to do their wedding bands, we just, we knew that if we didn't just, if I didn't just take the step to fully commit I would keep lingering because I was always like, oh, when I got to here, maybe I'll I'll quit and do this full time or when we, when I got to this point. Um, and so just being able to like take that step, even like the first three months post um, quitting, it was like such a difference in the like I could sit down and get one task done instead of like having that one task linger, linger over my head all day and like maybe get it done by the end of the day. I think just having that time really showed me that like I made the right decision and, you know, Godel has been a part of works with our parents and runs their showroom here as well. So she was able to kind of help me get to speed and be able to like, be like, okay, this is how we're doing this. This is how we're doing this. Um, while I filled in all of our admin and our back end. And we really balance each other out. Um, so like Kyle mentioned, I kind of dove right into our family business. Um, after I graduated college, uh, jewelry has just been such a big part of our lives that like, you know, and our parents, they sometimes don't stay up to date with the modernization of today's world. And so like helping them also, you know, keep up with the market um, has been really important. But with Sonu and like with Pyle working with me and like we're working together, it's we have our own task and she's more coming from a corporate world. She knows more day to day and like admin and back end stuff where I like running an actual retail showroom and what operations go into that. I kind of fill that void. So we definitely balance each other out in that aspect. Yeah. Now I do like asking this of people that work together. It sounds like you, you work together very well, but I'm sure there's some times when you've butted heads before. So how do you power through when, when it seems like you're at an impasse? We're still yeah, I always I I always tell people that like working with your sister, that line is very blurry. Yeah. Like the way that I would like talk to a coworker, what like let's say I was if I was still working in tech, is very different than how I'm gonna talk to this one here. Like if something needs to get done, I'm just like, yo, what are we doing? Like yeah. we need to get this done by like, you know, there's a definitely a different but also like, you know, with like I've we're in the middle of wedding planning and so I was like, Hey, I need you to like help me out here for a couple of weeks while I'm like running around doing this. And it's like, you know, we, ha- she, she's like, yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. Like, I got it. Like, don't worry. You know? So 
it's not it's not all fun and, it's not all fun and games it's not all rosy rosy all the time there are times where we both look at each other and like we're like okay we'll talk to you tomorrow yeah. both of us need to like go separate ways and we'll talk tomorrow <laughs> we pick our battles we we know what's important to each other and then we know what's important to ourselves so we pick our battles and like and what we want to do with sony company but we we figured out a good balance in how we could yeah play. the end game is the same the end game is for this to be successful and i think with that mind we both you know, know, know how far to kind of push on certain topics or certain issues or, you know, different strategies. Um, the end goal is we want it to be successful. So whether it's us taking it some time to kind of think through exactly what we want before coming back to each other and like having that conversation. Um, I think that was a big learning curve. I think trying to like work with each other and realize that both of our ideas are important. They're just, we just have to find the best one for Sonu uh, really, really helped us to, maintain a a stable and <laughs> amicable relationship <laughs> not unhinged relationship i like it i like yeah. it and you don't have to pull out the uh, you can be direct with each other and you don't have to pull out the passive aggressive another question i always like to ask i say because it's less work for me is a question you wish you were asked more frequently and for yours what are the benefits of lab grown diamonds so lab grown diamonds that is a big question that i think a lot of people try to do their own research on um and then the internet can just be very overwhelming um but it's very simple uh lab grown diamonds 100 percent same as natural diamonds physically chemically optically everything is the same we even grow them under the same pressure as natural diamonds are grown so Everything is the same. However, one is just made in the lab. But three main, main benefits is one, we you don't go through those ethical, um, those unethical practices of mining a diamond. Um, it's better environmentally friendly. We, we aren't digging into the earth constantly to find those mined diamonds. And at the end of the day, we just get better quality because we are controlling the growing process a little bit. We are able to kind of maneuver it a little bit more and so your diamonds come out a lot cleaner a liar a lot brighter a lot purer they're also about 30 to 40 percent cheaper than mine diamonds <laughs> so and and i the, my my little saying that i tell people all the time like it's like ice ice formed in your refrigerator in your freezer versus ice formed naturally is still ice it's just being made in two different places mm-hmm. uh, and so you know all lab-grown diamonds are also graded. Um, same with natural diamonds. So you're getting a certificate. They're using the four Cs. Um, yeah, so everything is literally the, the same. Graded by the same labs that grow natural diamonds. So, you know, it's not like, oh, these off-brand labs are grading them. No, like GIA and IGI, um, EGL, they are all real. The top three grading companies are also getting into grading lab-grown diamonds. So you know that your certificate is authentic and what you're buying I knew none of that. So that was very interesting to learn. That's great. <laughs> and you, you kind of mentioned how you're, from when you first started, you've branched out into some other things. We, we obviously got the Netflix scoop that was right at the top of the episode. But what else do you have planned for this year? In the future, we definitely want to drop a lot more collections. Um, we want to, because we came from a background of gold, uh, Sonu actually in Gujarati, our language means gold. Uh, so we grew up hearing, oh, did you buy Sonu today? Meaning, did you buy gold today? And did you buy Sonu from Vita, which is like my dad's store? So, you know, really bringing it full circle and, and, and launching a collection that is kind of like 
um, a dedication to like our family business and how we really got into it, I think is really important for us. And we've grown so much in the two years that I think that collection is going to come out hopefully sometime this year. Wonderful. We're looking forward to seeing it. And because I've I've sort of just adopted 2023 as the speaking it into existence year, is there, whether an influencer or partner or someone that you'd want to work with, let's hear it. Let's speak it into the world. I think, I think our goal, uh, especially with the Netflix uh, epi- season airing in about a month, is that we kind of become the preferred engagement rank provider for our generation. Like we have, you know, we've, we work with a bunch of influencers from a lot of these reality TV shows already. Um, you know, we got the opportunity to showcase like what we do on this Netflix episode. Um, but now it's really about kind of showing the world what we do and becoming, you know, that trusted person that they feel confident that even if we're in LA, that if they're in New York, that they're still going to get that same experience you know, even if they can't physically walk into our showroom to try on things or see them in person. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of, the, I think that's like my, that's our stretch goal. That's yeah. like our, our big bucket goal is like, you know, is to be that go-to jeweler for, for folks now and moving forward. Love it. Love <laughs> it. I, I haven't checked the numbers, but I think it's a hundred percent success rate of people who have been on this podcast have said something and then it's come true <laughs> okay you're almost off the hook here but we always like to wrap up with a top three and i i'm a big sushi fan but i feel like there's so many sushi spots out in the world that i have not yet tried so give us your top three sushi spots okay um my top favorite is out of san diego it's called sushi oda um, it's like a small, it's like in a small little shopping center. Uh, it's also very small in size, so definitely make a reservation. But you sit at the sushi bar, and the chef is like with you one on the sushi chef is with you one on one, and he's kind of explaining exactly what you're getting. Um, so sounds very on brand, very yeah. To me, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do, but I do like the experience of like them explaining like what we're doing, how to eat it, and you know what, what, why this makes it special. Um, so that's like my number one pick right now. Um, I'll like, I'll go and uh, then we can decide on a three. <laughs> just a month ago, we went to New York for our very first jewelry show. And I did my very first omakase at Sushi by M. That was I, like every bite I took. I was like, I need to eat this slower. Like it's going to go away too fast. <laughs> like it, it was just so it was so good. And then like the atmosphere of the chef. And like really kind of just like hyping you up while you're eating it, taking shots with you. Um, I have to say Sushi by M is probably my favorite. I can sign off on that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh I think my last one um is out of out of Orange County, um, in Newport Beach, there's a, a mom and pop run shop called Sanchigo. Um, and they also offer um, omakase they offer a full a la carte menu um but they're only open for like three days a week and they're only open for like three hours so snag a reservation make sure you call uh it is amazing to be like right in right in newport beach right by the water and enjoying like some of the best sushi i think i've ever had <laughs> that very tight schedule gives me slight anxiety but i like it i like it <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) I know. And that's why, and that's why it's a little, a little bit more pressing. Cause I'm like, wait, I want to go, but like, I need to like plan to go, you know, like, it's not like a, Hey, let's go today. It's like, Oh, okay. We'll call today to go next week. (laughs) Yeah. It's very, uh, out here there's Franklin barbecue, uh, which I think is at least like pretty well known in the, in the barbecue space, but it's the same type of thing. Like my parents came to visit and they were like, okay, we like the month before we got on and we were able to snag like one of the last spots to come in and pick up this barbecue to go like six weeks in advance. It was wild. Worked out. They got to try it. They enjoyed it. And it's, it's pretty like, it's pretty nice to just walk past a line of people to get your food. Like they're all waiting to go (laughs) eat inside and you're just like, please continue waiting. I'll get my food. (laughs) You're like, excuse me, sorry, I just have a pickup order. <laughs> so sorry, I'm just enjoying this right now. <laughs> well, we'll definitely, I'll definitely have to add Franklin barbecue to my list. Um, yes. We're always looking for a good barbecue. Um, and, you know, here Texas has some of the best barbecue oh, out there. there. So, so we'll much. definitely have to, to make sure we make our rounds over there. Yes, if you get out here, I have a whole list. We can, we can do a tour. It'll be great. Because I, I need barbecue, too. It's been so long since I've had some, <laughs> like a week. Oh, <laughs> awesome well thank you so much this was so much fun i feel like i'm i'm not going to say an expert um because if i was quizzed on diamonds i probably would not do very well <laughs> but if i could use if i could use both of you as my uh my tutors for that exam then i think i would do very well but if other people want to check out sony and want to learn more about you where can they find you they can find us on instagram at sonu.company they can also find us on tiktok um, same handle, um, and sonucompany.com. So if you reach out, uh, via the website or via our social media, you will directly be connected to one of us and we're happy to answer any questions, kind of guide you along the way. Um, or just to yeah. say, Hey, and don't afraid to just like send us a message. Uh, we are very good at responding, just kind of being there. We are, we're a friend on the other side. So send that message and you'll get a response for sure. Love it. Well, Pile and Cuddle, thank you so much. This was so much fun. And I, I kind of regret doing it before dinner because now I want sushi. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to make it happen. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. This was so great. Yeah, thank you for having us. Absolutely. And we have to end with a corny joke. As we always do, what's the most condescending type of bear? A panda. <laughs> Good after today, people. <laughs> Oh, my God. A panda. Panda. Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you're a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. You can send me a message, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. As always, thank you for listening, and have a wonderful day.